0: Well, good morning. Welcome to Life Point. If you're here for the first time, thanks so much for coming checking out our church and spending part of your day with us. My name is Donnie Williams. I'm the lead pastor, and I'd love to meet you after the service. Just come down front, Rob Perry and I, one of our other pastors. We'll be down here just to say hello and uh, get to know you a little bit. Well, I have, it's a confession. And if you've emailed me, you, you know, like, yeah, he needs to confess this, because I have this habit I'm responding to my emails lately, and the habit is starting them out with the phrase, sorry for the delay. And I, I don't do that to say, look at me, I'm busy, I'm important, look at this. It's just, it feels like everything just gets stacked up. Can you relate? And, and, and I just can't get it all done and all these different ways to communicate. And so, so several days will go by, or even a week, and sometimes even two weeks. And so I feel like, I sat the other day and responded to emails, and everyone, sorry for the delay, sorry for the delay, sorry for the delay, all because I'm busy. Now You can probably relate to being busy. Our culture, we tend to wear busyness like a badge. What are you doing? I'm really busy. Just wanted you to know, I'm really busy. I'm really important, and I'm busy. Nobody looks at a busy life and says, I want that. That is what I want. I want to respond to all my emails. Sorry for the delay, because I, I don't want to have time to do all of that. I, I want a busy life. Nobody asks for that. But we tend to end up feeling busy, overscheduled, and overworked. Even teenagers can find themselves in the place where, oh my gosh, school starts for some of you tomorrow. And then, and then, and then after school, I got this activity I've got to do. And then if you have a part-time job, you got to do that. And then somewhere you got to fit studying. And so you're busy. If you're a single parent, you're busy. If you're a two-career family, you're really busy. We're so good at being busy, we teach our little kids how to be busy and be really effective at it, right? From the time they can remember, their, their schedules are all fixed out for them, and we want to involve them in every possible thing to keep their little schedules really full and really busy. If there was a way to live life not busy, would you want to know how to do it? If there was a way to to take life and, and do things in such a way you didn't feel busy all the time, you would probably want to know how to do that. How many times have you started I started a conversation with this. You know, when things slow down, when we finally get things kind of rolling our way and going in the right direction and close that deal deal and build that thing and buy that thing and do this, once we do that, oh, things are just going to be so much easier. We're just waiting for that time. So when that comes, things are just going to be so much better. Some people go through life saying that someday when we slow down, we're going to be able to do this or accomplish that, or, or get involved with this thing, or, or hey, I will go to church more when things slow down, and I just have to take every time I can, do a little commercial and let you know that our church meets every Sunday, right here, I'm here every week, so just join us, okay, just, I, I want to make, I'm not sure everybody gets that all the time, and I just like to get it out there every time I can, so maybe you're saying, well, when things slow down, I'll, I'll do that more. The unfortunate thing is, things aren't ever going to slow down. People get to the end of life and rarely look back and say, I wish I'd have been busier. In fact, people probably look back and say, wow, I spent all my time doing that. We probably all know somebody that seems to approach life differently, where they're just not busy all the time. They seem to be uh, calm. And they seem to kind of work things out, and they have time to do everything. And we look at their lives and think, I want a life like that. So think of that person. And when you think of that person, I also want you to think of this number that's on the screen. 24. It's not TV. It's the hours in a day. If you know anybody that seems to organize their time better, that seems to have all the time to do the things they want to do, they have the same amount of time in a day that you have. So maybe the answer is not waiting until you have more time, because guess what? Tomorrow, you know how many hours it has in it? 24. The day you're waiting to come when you have more time, you know how many hours it has in it? 24. That someday that you keep telling your kids, someday when we have time, we can. Well, whatever someday is out there, there's never going to be one with more than 24 hours. We're not going to figure out, and science is never going to say, we figured out how to get 26 hours out of a day. So all of you are okay now. Everything's going to be better because we can now suck more, times, more time out of the day. How about instead of hoping for more time, which will never come, How about we reorder the time that we have and do things in a different order? When I put things together, you know, when you buy one of those shelves at Ikea that's like this big but comes in a box like this, there's a lot of parts. I can't do it without having extra parts. I don't know why. And it, it's never sturdy. I just get, get in a hurry and I want to get it done. And, and I just, my family, I, I, I am dishonest with them. I just say they always put extra parts in the box just in case. That's all it is. And they're all flimsy like that, honey. Every one of them. I just go look. It's because I get things out of order. And life's going to feel like that for us too if we get things out of order. So if you wonder why you don't have the time to get the things done you know you need to get done? Why you don't have time for God, whatever that looks like? And I'll talk a little bit about what that looks like. Why, why, why you don't have time to spend with your family or your small group or, or wh- why you don't have the extra money to give when we talk about giving to make a difference somewhere else in the world or right here in our city? If you wonder why... You don't have that extra time and stuff. This series is for you. For the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about how to get life in order. Because all of us would agree, I think we would all agree that, well, yeah, we've got to put the big stuff first. The big things, of course, you've got to put the big things first, because if you, if you put the big things first, yeah, you should do that. Then you have time for all the other things. And so we would all agree. I don't think anybody would say, oh, no, save the big stuff for last. Don't do that. Don't put the big stuff first. That's ridiculous. Nobody would say that. But then when we live our lives, we end up putting the big stuff to the side. And we end up focusing on these little things, these little worries, these little things in life that don't really add up to much. And so we think, well, I got to get this done. I got to get that done. And we start to fill up life with all the little stuff. And then there's a day that comes and you think, okay, I, I got to get back and forth. I, I really got to make some time. I got to make some time for my family. I got to put that in there. I got, I've got to, you know, it's really important in life to make time for, you, for, for God, right? We all would agree to that. So we got to get some time for God in there. Let's make sure we get that. And then, and then I got I to gotta pay attention to my finances and, and not get in debt and, and not spend more than I make. And I need to pay attention to that. And, and I really need to take time to build relationships just with my family and with other people. And I need to take time to rest. And I need to take time to make sure that I, I, I live the mission, the purpose that God has for my life. And now, because the little things went first... And the big things wait till later. We find ourselves saying, one day it's going to be different. One day my life's not going to look like that. One day I'm going to have the time to get done all the things I want to get done. You only have 24 hours in a day. But what, what if you could arrange things so you could have the stuff that you really enjoy, the, the, the happiness, the contentment that you seek? What, what if you could arrange life in such a way where you had time to do it you would want to know because here's what happened this summer many of you spent thousands of dollars that you probably didn't have on a vacation that you needed to take a vacation from when you got back you think I just spent all that money and I'm this tired in this vacation just oh god please let school start soon so the kids can get out of here and we can have some rest and let our real summer start that's how most people operate in life But Jesus believed, he actually believed there's a way to live that we could arrange things in our life in such a way that we put the most important things first so our lives wouldn't have to look like that. And then when we do that, all the little stuff gets added in. He had a long section of teaching in the book of Matthew, chapters 5, 6, and 7, and right in the middle of that, he's speaking to this crowd of people. And he says to them in Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now in the context of money, what Jesus is trying to get across is, be careful what you make the most important thing in life, because that's where your heart will go. That's where all your time will go. That is what will set the priorities of your life because you can only give 100% to one thing. You can't give 100% to everything. Something is going to rise to the top. And you might think, well, yeah, but if I didn't focus on these other things, I'd never have any fun. I'd never be happy. Jesus isn't against people being happy. He's against us getting things out of order. Jesus is not against us having things, acquiring things, achieving things, and being successful, whatever success is in this life. He's not against that. He's against it being in the wrong place. And so Jesus goes on with this group of people to lay out, this is how you should order things. And he says this, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Now, the audience Jesus was speaking to they're different than us. They would have literally worried about where their food was coming from because the only way they would get food is they, would eat, they could grow it or they could go kill it or buy it from somebody that done the same. But it wasn't readily available. And so Jesus is saying, look, don't worry about those things. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. They literally didn't know where's our next meal coming from? Where am I going to get new clothes? If that's you and you're really worried about that, we will help you stop that worry. You come and talk to us because we... Typically, don't worry about things like that today. We worry about things like, oh my gosh, did I bring my charger? I mean, have I got enough juice to make it through the day? Or you get into an hour trip, and it doesn't matter if a charger's 50 bucks, you're going to stop and buy one, right? I mean, that's our worries. Like, how am I going to make it? Our worries are different, but our questions are, the question is just as valid. In all the time that you spend, that we spend worrying, does it really help? Does it really make a difference? Ask a successful person, whether they're successful financially or educationally or with their health. Ask them, how did you get that way? Oh, I worried about it. I just worried about it all the time. I was just worried. I'm not going to be healthy. I'm not going. I'm not going to have any money. I'm. Not, I'm. I'm going to fail. I just worried all the time, and it seemed like when I worried, I performed better. I seemed to be more mo. Nobody's going to tell you that. So worry doesn't accomplish a thing. So Jesus goes on to say, "Why do you worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing yet. Solomon and All of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? My tendency to worry is connected to the strength of my faith. And Jesus says, so don't worry about these things, what we eat, what we drink, what we wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows your needs. He's trying to say, I have those little needs under control that you're worried about, that you tend to jump to really fast and say, well, if I don't get this, I'm not going to get it. If I, don't, if I don't do this right, it's not going to happen. I, I got to hurry. I got I to get all this little stuff in life. And oh yeah, I got to worry about family and, or be concerned about family and God and, and taking care of myself and, and living the mission that God has for me. And that comes second. And then when that happens, this is what life looks like. And Jesus is just trying to say, I got all this little stuff. I got it. Don't worry about that. What if your five-year-old came to you and said, hey, Dad, I noticed the tires are a little bald on the van. Could you make sure you fix those? Because I'm really concerned about it. And at night when you're in their room and and you flip on the light, they go, have you paid the electric bill? I just need to know because I can't go to sleep until I know. You would say, honey, don't worry about that. You're five years old. Don't worry about those things. Mom and Dad have got that under control. And so when we start worrying about all these tiny little things in life that take up so much of that 24 hours in a day, God says, would you just stop? i got all that under control. I have that. You're worrying all the time about your future and about whether this person likes you or that person talks about you or, or who's, how many friends you have. and You're worried about all that stuff. And God says, I know what you need. I'm going to take care of that. And so here comes Jesus speaking to this group of people with, a, with some solid advice. Something direct from the mouth of God that will help us reorder our life. And even people who haven't been to church have probably heard these words from Jesus when he said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live Righteously and he will give you everything you need. So what he's saying is seek God, and the things he says are important, and all this other stuff is going to fall into place. Many of the problems we encounter in life come to us because we get things out of order you may think you're buying all the stuff that's going to make you happy, that you're going to enjoy. But if you start buying that before you have any money to buy that, sooner or later, you're going to be going through the bills and say, we're in trouble. Why are you in trouble? Because you got things out of order. Instead of Earning and saving and buying and being responsible. It's like, I'm going to get it now. I got to get it now. If I don't get it now, I'm not going to have it. And then you're sitting one day, sooner or later, regretting getting things out of order. And if you're single and you're in dating relationships, God has, has a design for a man and a woman sexually, and that's to have sex in marriage, enjoy it. That's God's design. But you get that out of order. You get one thing, you you get the sex before the married part. Sooner or later, you're going to say, man, I wish I hadn't have done that. I, I, I wish I would have gone with God's order instead of my order because my order seems to have me doing this over and over and over again and not getting the fulfillment I thought and the acceptance I thought and the love I thought. And gosh, I wish I could go back and put that in order. The good news is with God, you can. You can start today and reorder that part of your life. You can refuse to take care of your body that God gave you. One body to get through life. You can refuse to take care of it and think, well, someday I'll eat better. This is my last pizza at 1030 at night. No more. I'm done. Tomorrow I'm going to change. And it never comes. It never happens. And then you're sitting in a doctor's office and he's saying, man, you need quadruple bypass tomorrow, and you would think, man, I wish I had not gotten things out of order. I wish I had taken care of the body that God had given me. Sooner or later, if we live a life out of order that looks like that, it's going to catch up to us. See, Jesus is not against us having stuff. He's not against us enjoying sex. He's not against us having cool stuff to eat and enjoying, even sugar. He's not against all that. But it's got to be in the right order. And he's saying, don't make those the things that drive your life and your attention. Seek my kingdom. Seek me first. Bring your priorities in line with me, Jesus says, and your worries will take care of themselves. So what if I took all the things that I worry about, I put them aside, and I started to focus on the first things first, the things I need to focus on. What if I said, I'm going to focus first. I'm going to think about my relationship with God and how that can grow and the best way to make that happen. And and that's going to come first. I don't know what I'm going to do for a career. I'm not sure about all that stuff yet. And and I'm not sure about my relationships, but I'm going to start with God because that's his advice. He created the universe He's probably smarter than the rest of us. So let's just put him first. And you say, I'm going to put God first. He's going to be the first thing that comes into every, one, every day of that 24-hour day. And because of that, that drives the way I handle my finances. And that drives the way that I spend time with my family. And that drives my friendships. It drives my, it drives my purpose in life drives the way I rest and make that a priority. And I put all of that stuff, what would my life look like if I put all of that stuff in first? And you might think, well, does that mean I have to pray all day? Do I become a monk? Like, what do I do? Put all that stuff first? Do I, like, how does that look? C.S. Lewis said this, when first things are put first, second things are not suppressed but increased because there's a part of you that thinks, if I put all of this stuff first, well, I want to enjoy some stuff in life. I want to achieve some things and have some stuff and and have some influence and enjoy and travel and experience. And if if I really put all of those things first, I'm somehow going to miss out. If you haven't heard anything else up to this point, write this thought down. When God is in first place, everything else falls into place. And if you're sitting there tweeting like, I'm assuming that's what you're doing when I see you on your phone while I'm talking, just just put that in your Twitter feed or on Facebook. Sermon in a sentence. When God is in first place, everything else falls into place. In other words, whatever you determine goes in your jar first will direct all else. So if you've been waiting for that someday, you need to know it's not coming. Because you could start out as a kid saying, oh, when I get out of high school and get my parents out of, off my back, out of my hair telling me what to do, and I get in college, things will be different. But guess what? Somebody's going to be telling you what to do. And you have to study even harder. And then you'll start to think, if I could just get out of school and get a job. Oh, that would be great. And then you get out and get a job, and somebody's telling you what to do. And then you want to start buying things and earning stuff, and then you realize, you know what, I think life would be better if I had a companion. So you go find that boy or that girl that just lights your light up up, and you think, when I get married, then, oh, yes, life and its priorities will all mean something. Then you have somebody else telling you what to do. Then you two look at each other and you think, we need to reproduce. We need to have children because that's the missing piece in life. If we could just get there, then life's going to be perfect. And then you have kids, and I don't even have time to tell you how much that changes life and how that alters everything about you when kids come into the picture. Sooner or later, something's going to happen sooner or later. You think, if I get here, it's going to be okay. Then something else is going to happen. If I get here, then it's going to be okay. Then something else is going to happen. That's just how life works. And Jesus said, if you would just put the first things first, if you just take care of that, just do that first, you're going to see that in life, everything else starts to fall into place. And because what you put first directs everything else. When God is in first place, everything else falls into place. And you may think, well, how am I going to fit all this fun stuff, the stuff I really enjoy into my life? It's amazing. You may think, well, when I put all this stuff first, I don't have time for all the other stuff. But somehow, somehow it all fits. Somehow you have time for the things you thought you didn't have time for. And this idea that when I put God in first place, everything else falls into place, it's true. I still get to do... All the things that I think is going to bring me joy and and have happiness in life, Jesus is not against that. But he's against us getting things out of order. King Solomon said it like this in the book of Proverbs chapter three. In everything you do, put God first and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. And you might think, Donnie, you do not understand my schedule. You have not met my wife You've not met my boss. You don't understand. I would love to live like that. I would love that, but I can't. I'm, we're like this. Now I don't understand your life. I, I don't understand what everybody has to go through, but I do understand the principle that my life is shaped by what I put first. Even people that have yet to confess Jesus as their Lord, their life is shaped by what they put first. Your life is shaped by what you put first. That's why this series is so important. That's why I challenge you, be here for all five weeks as we talk about the things that need to come first. And you might think, well, I agree, but how do I do that? Do I get, you know, I got a cross tattoo on my body somewhere. Does that work? Every time on Facebook, when it says, share this or go to hell, I share it just to make sure people know (laughs) that I love Jesus and I don't want to go to hell, so I hit share. Do I listen to Christian music all the time? Do I wear one of those bracelets? What is it that I do to make sure that I'm putting God first? Well, that's not something that you can like, you can start the journey, but if you think, well, I'll fix this tomorrow, you won't be able to fix it tomorrow. You can take a step tomorrow towards fixing it But it's a process that we have to go through. Because for some of us, the idea of putting God first literally means putting God first and acknowledging Him, acknowledging Jesus as Lord and leader of your life today. Some of you need to do that. You've been coming, you've been sitting, you haven't done it, and your life's out of order, and you need to start with putting Jesus as Lord of your life now and not wait any longer. Some of you already follow him, and every time we have a baptism service, you feel something stir inside of you, and you think about your background, your tradition, mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, and you, you, you just don't do it, but you know God's really pulling me that direction. Then put God first and do it. And some of us, we, we get, okay, this is a better way to live, and I do everything I can. Some of us need to learn how to practice God First need to learn how to, day after day, live the purpose that God has for me. And no matter which category you're in, which one of those you need to do, we have a couple of things coming up that you have to be a part of. One it's called starting point. If you have doubts, if you've yet to obey what Jesus said to do, if you wonder where the Bible came from, if you wonder how your story and God's story all fits together, then on the back of your connect card, write starting point. Because we have an eight-week class coming up in just a few weeks. We'll let you know when it is. It's actually the week of September 21st. We'll let you know which night, what, what locations are available. But you have to do that. I've watched people go through that class and move from being this skeptic to somebody that just with tears all of a sudden says, I get the story and my part in it and I want in on it. So if, if you are anywhere like, oh, I'm not really sure about it, take that class. Spend eight weeks. You'll be happy that you did. And for some of us, we just need to know, well, how do I practice putting God first in my life? How does that work? Well, we've got, we've got a class coming up you're going to hear a lot about, and we have cleared everything except starting point from the evening schedules that we have so we can do this class called My Mission, basically my purpose. How can I live life on purpose, on the mission God has for me? And if we don't have 100 people sign up for this cl- I, class, I'm going to quit not really, not really. I'll, I'll be down, and I'll want to, but I won't quit. But surely, that's less than 10% of our church. Surely, 100 people can say, yeah, I want to gather on Monday nights, beginning September 22nd, and I want to learn how to live life on mission. We've, we're going to take care of childcare free for you. If nothing else, hour and a half of free childcare. Just come on. And let's learn how to live life on mission and practice God's first. So through this series, we're going to talk about how, well, what does it look like to put God first in the area of my finances and allow him to shape that and and put God first when it comes to rest? What does that look like? And what would it look like if I started to live my life from a place of rest instead of resting from all the things that life throws at me? What, What would that look like if I reordered that and turned it around? We're going to talk about all of that over the next five weeks. So show up and be a part of this. Robert Hyland was a regional vice president for CBS, and he was general manager of a station in St. Louis. And in the Wall Street Journal, they called him the nation's most notorious workaholic. Here's his schedule. Six days a week, he gets up out of bed at 1 a.m. so he can be at the office by 2. He works until 6. That's a 96-hour work week. Now, I'm not encouraging that. Don't go home and say, honey, look what the pastor said today. 96 hours. I can do it. But listen how he works his day. He says, he leaves the office at 6 a.m. and goes to a nearby church to pray for an hour every day. He goes home in time to have a leisurely dinner and spend the evening with his wife every night. And every seventh day, every seventh day, he said, I take a full day. Now, the point is not to live like that. I wouldn't encourage it. But if a guy who also has 24 hours in a day can get all of that done and still order things the right way? Surely we can, working 40, 50, even 60 hours a week, putting God first. If he can do it, anybody can. Another quote by C.S. Lewis says, Christ says, give me all of you. I don't want so much of your time or so much of your money or so much of your work. I want you. That's why the real problem of the Christian life comes at the very moment you wake up each morning. All your hopes and fears for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists in shoving them all back and listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that other, larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. When God is in first place, Everything else falls into place. Which one of these look like your life? I would expect this one for most of us. And that's why it's so important to really be a part of this series. And learn. And be reminded. How can I live this life? The God first life. We've got some tools on our website. If you just go to lifepointchurch.com slash Bible Guide, you can find some apps on there, you can download on your smartphone, some web, a couple of website links you can go to just to help you. If you're thinking, where do I start every day? We'll start there, take a look, and come back for the next four sessions of this series. Let's pray. God, thank you for Jesus' reminder to put you first. And Father, for those of us who struggle with that, may we trust you more. May we understand that if we put you first, in first place in our life, everything else falls into place. Give us the strength and the courage and the understanding to do that. I pray this in your son's name. Amen.